The book of Proverbs tonight will be in Proverbs chapter number 3 to begin. Proverbs chapter number 3, of course, we are uh, in this series, The People of Proverbs, and we've been uh, looking at a different character and uh, of each, uh, each week, and uh, sometimes more than one week, and some will revisit. Uh, but I know that there's been more than 20 uh, of these uh, lessons that we've done, and I think we'll be in it a little bit longer, and when I say a little bit longer, probably four or five more years, uh, but we'll see, uh, but we'll be in a little bit longer, and I hope it's been a help to you. It's been a help to me to be reminded what the Bible says, because the, uh, the whole premise behind it is, well, we want to know what God says, but a lot of times this world will label uh, people, label individuals, uh, but we need to see how God identifies uh, certain activities and how he identifies certain characteristics. And then he tells us in his word how to deal with them. And if we know what God says and how God says to deal uh, with certain types of people, uh, then it takes the thinking out of it. You know, we get ourselves in trouble when we think about it. Uh, we get ourselves in trouble when we have to, uh, uh, well, I got I to gotta figure out when, we, and when there's a situation where God has said, Here's some principles. There's really nothing to think about. You know, because some days you have clear minds, some days not so much. Um, you know, some days you have clear minds, and some days you're uh, upset about certain things. Uh, and so we just need to know what God says. And so we'll look at another one tonight. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 3. Look at verse number 31. Proverbs 3, verse 31. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. Look at that word, the oppressor. Tonight we're going to talk about the oppressor. We're going to uh, deal, with the deal with the oppressor tonight. Father, help us as we look into your word. Uh, many things you say about the oppressor, the one who oppresses. And Father, may we uh, look at some of the characteristics of the oppressor. And then may we also be reminded what you think about the oppressor. And then may we also take heed to the uh, actions that we are supposed to take to prevent being an oppressor. And Father, I pray that uh, we'll be helped tonight, and may we avoid these things that uh, you condemn. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is very clear here when verse 31, Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. We'll talk more about this verse in just a moment. Uh, but as we look at this characteristic, the oppressor, uh, we need to define the oppressor, one that oppresses. Uh, one that imposes unjust burdens on others, one that harasses others with unjust laws or unreasonable severity. Now, let me read that again, one that oppresses, one that imposes unjust burdens on others. The key word is unjust. Uh, there are burdens that you and I should have placed on us. When I, walked, when I stood at the end of the aisle and my wife walked down the aisle and, and I said, I do, and she said, oh, I do, I mean, it was so much excitement. You know, when that took place all those years ago, there was burdens that I took upon myself. There are burdens that rightfully should be placed upon me. As your pastors, I preach this book to you and I fulfill the office of the pastor, the shepherd of God's people, there are burdens that should be placed on the church. There are burdens that society places on us. But the key being with the oppressor is unjust burdens on others. Kids, your mom and dad are not an oppressor because they want you to clean your room. 
that's not an unjust burden. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's just. That's the key, an unjust burden on others, one that harasses others with unjust laws or unreasonable severity. Tonight, we're going to look at the oppressor, and, and many times you'll probably think of uh, our government, and you can make that application. You'll think of taxes, and you can make that application. Uh, that certainly applies, but it's not. I don't believe it's just talking about this. And so as we speak in generalities tonight, as the Bible warns us, is one that imposes unjust burdens on others. Okay, a, a, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but a, but, a, but a husband can be an oppressor because he's placing an unjust burden on his wife. It's the man's responsibility to take care of the, make sure the home is cared for, to protect the home. Uh, a, a wife can put an unjust burden on the husband or the children because of avoiding their responsibility. And so uh, we want to look at the suppressor just as we do some of these other uh, characters we've looked at. Uh, you think of the time we talked about a fool. And generally speaking, we'd say, well, we're not a fool, but have we ever been foolish? There's some days we've been a fool. And so we don't want to fall into the category uh, we would not be an oppressor as the devil is an oppressor. But we can fall into the category of being an oppressor when we, when we place an unjust burden on others. Now, we're warned, and you're going to see God does not say anything positive about an oppressor. In fact, we're going to see tonight before the Bible study is over how strongly God disapproves of the oppressor. You'll never see anything positive in Scripture about the oppressor. It's because the oppressor resembles Satan. The, but you look at the opposite of that. We're not supposed to be oppressors. The opposite of an oppressor, the opposite of one who in, in, imposes unjust burdens, is somebody who's a defender, is a guardian, is a deliverer, is an enabler. Our Lord Jesus is not an oppressor. And you and I should be convicted in our heart if we ever get to the place. All oh, this Christian life is so hard. No, the devil is the oppressor. You ought to try living an unsaved life. Oh, growing up in a Bible-believing church is so tough and having these convictions and, and, and standards and all of these things is so hard. You ought to try living without them. That's what's hard. The way of the oppressor is hard. But God is a deliverer. God is the enabler. So if the warnings are against the oppressor, one who imposes those unjust burdens, harasses others with unjust laws, we're supposed to avoid that, then we should be looking at it. What should we be doing? We should be doing the opposite. We should be enabling others so they can do more. So they can be more. They can accomplish more. I want to be a defender so that others can be more, do more, accomplish more. I want to be a guardian. I want to be a deliverer. I want to be the one that helps those who in that situation can't help themselves not put my boot on their throat and oppress them. Christians never supposed to kick somebody when they're down. 
Matter of fact, we're not even supposed to point out when people are down. We're supposed to help pick them up. This is a great Bible study for you and I tonight because there are, there are those who they would check all the doctrinal boxes and they're an oppressor because they're not enabling. They're not helping. They're not delivering. They're not guarding. An oppressor is the opposite of that. One who puts those unjust burdens on others. Now that we have the definition of the oppressor and we understand that as a child of God that is the opposite of what we should be uh, there's there's a few several passages I want to take us through in the book of Proverbs I've got seven statements I'm going to make tonight and I'll let you out on time I'm not sure what time that'll be but it'll be on time uh, but uh, I think this will be a help to us tonight this, the, our text verse tonight chapter 3 and verse 31 envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways Say statement number one, nothing about the oppressor should be modeled. Nothing about the oppressor should be modeled. Uh, there's a lot of oppressors in this world um, you can, that, that are in all realms of society. The Bible says, envy thou not the oppressor. No matter how successful they seem to be, and we're going to talk about where their success comes from in just a few moments, no matter how happy they seem to be, the Bible says don't envy them because they're unjust. And that's a whole other study in itself, what God thinks of justice and those that are unjust. It's unjust. Uh, envy thou not the oppressor and choose some of his ways. Is that what your Bible says? No, it says choose none of his ways. There's nothing about the oppressor that should be modeled. And we have a perfect model in the Lord Jesus Christ, don't we? We, if you're, if you're as, as your pastor, I should be modeling him so that others can follow my example. Parents should be doing the same for their children. Uh, we all should be doing it for each other. Uh, not just the saved, but the lost. There's nothing about the oppressor. Don't model anything after this world. This world is oppressive. So say, well, I got I to be approved by this world. You're going to spend your whole life exhausted trying to do something you can never do. Uh, nothing about the oppressor should be modeled. Uh, turn with me to the end of the book, chapter 28. Chapter 28, and we'll look at one verse of Scripture here. Proverbs chapter number 28. And let's look at verse number 16, chapter 28, verse number 16. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. Now, it's important to understand that that word wanteth doesn't mean he has a desire for. It means he's lacking. The prince that wanteth or lacks understanding is also a great oppressor. Let me give you the statement, number two. The one with power, without the right principles, will be an oppressor. The one with power, without the right principles, will be an oppressor. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, but those who get power or authority in politics too soon, the chances are they're going to, and they don't have the right principles, they're going to be an oppressor. 
Somebody who wants to get into the ministry, doesn't have the right principles, they will be an oppressor. Young adults don't like this, but those that get married without having the right principles, they'll be an oppressor. They'll be an oppressor as a spouse. They'll be an oppressor as a parent if you don't have the right principles. The one with power without the right principles will be an oppressor. Uh, We'll do well in our life to go after principles before we go after power. Matter of fact, people who, who seek power, I don't think they are principled. Because we live in a world where power, say, no, no, influence is the most powerful power. And where does influence come from? Principles. All of us know somebody in our life, we were growing up, a neighbor, a teacher, a coach, a pastor, somebody in our life, a, a family member, you that influenced you greatly, and they had no authority in society, but they had principles that influenced you. But the prince, the ruler that lacketh, wanteth that understanding, is also a great oppressor. We see that today in our society. We see that today in our world. We see that today in, our, in politics and all, all different walks of life. Power without principles is a disaster. It's a disaster. We look at some of our quote-unquote elected officials and, and we say, well, can't they do the right thing? They don't have the principles to make them do the right thing. You say, you're talking about the Democrats, aren't you? Well, them too. Pretty much all of them. They have power without the right principles. Now, I'm sure there's exceptions to that, but it used, we used to have live in a country where the exceptions were those that had power with no principles, and now that's, that, if you have them, you're the exception. See, power is something, power, authority, if you will, is something that is granted by God. God is the owner. He's the creator. He's the, he is power. And the power that it, 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 the, the, the power or authority that I have as a pastor is only granted to me by God. That power is to be used for good. That authority is to be used for good. The same is true in the home. You know, a, a dad that walks in, and by the way, I know what year we live in, but God's order is still the husband, the wife, and then the kids. But with that comes principles, and with that comes authority. With that comes responsibility, because if you, that's why that's why there's there, there there is oppression sometimes because there's not the right principles, and society has pushed aside the principles, and therefore we have a lot of oppression. It's that way in the government. No government has power of itself. It's only granted by God. God created it. God grants it. Power or authority is given to be used to help. I am the authority under God in my home. You know what that means? I'm supposed to be helping everybody in my home. And when I don't use that authority or that power that God has granted me to do that, when you misuse that or you don't use it with the principles that God also gives, you oppress. You oppress those under your authority. 
That's what happens with a government. I mean, we're, we're so smart, yet we're so stupid at the same time in our society. We can't, we can't parallel the change in our government, the change in our society with where we, we push the principles of God out. And now we have, we, have, we have the same authority, we have the same power, but we don't have principles. So what do we do? We oppress. This is true in politics. This is true in the home. This is true in churches. That's why the, the, the advice I give to, you know, I use young adults as an example. I say, well, I'm waiting on that, that, that person that God has for me. What do I do? Work on you? Work on you? Why? Because the day is going to come when, if, when God brings that person along and there's authority that he grants, then if you don't have the principles, that's where an oppressive relationship comes out of. That's where kids are oppressed. It's because they don't have the right principles. See, the one with power without the right principles will be an oppressor. Those that lack that understanding, well, I've got the power. They lack the understanding that with that comes all the responsibility that God gives with that. And that power is to be used for good. It's to be used the opposite of oppress, that unjust burden. You know, politically speaking, he's like, well, I just, we're going to put all these taxes because there's things, things that I want. There's things that we want to do. There's things that, that well, if it's, if it's an unjust burden, that's an oppressor. We should be using that authority. We should be using that ability to enable, to deliver, to guard. The one with power without the right principles will be an oppressor. That's why in some cases you can't predict the future. Well, I don't know how pastor thinks he can predict the future. And I don't know why he wasn't for this relationship. It's easy to predict the future because you know the Bible. If you don't have the principles, there's only one way that's going to end up. He's just trying to keep me out of the... Well, the Bible says if you don't have the principles and you get the authority then that's where oppression comes from. It says you will be an oppressor. Number three, I've got to, I could have done the whole Bible study on that one, but I've got to move on to number three. Chapter 14, verse 31. Chapter 14, as we deal with the oppressor tonight, chapter 14, in verse 31. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. But he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. Now, most of the, re- most of the verses we read to, uh, for the rest of the Bible study are going to talk about the oppressor oppressing the poor. Now, tonight we're not talking about the poor. We'll do that at another time because there's a lot of misconceptions about the poor as well. Uh, but God is using the illustration of oppressing the poor, somebody who can be helped. And I guess just to give you a preview of what to be the poor, that doesn't mean a welfare program either. That's not what God has ever designed. But those that oppress the poor, those that, that, that when they have the ability to help them and they don't help them. So we're going to see that, but understand the context in which we talk about the word oppress, oppression. So he that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. But he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. Uh, statement number three. This is a deep statement. Are you ready? The oppressor is nothing like God. 
He's nothing like God. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. The Bible, God, is telling us that if somebody, there's, a, there's somebody who's poor, somebody who's in a situation they can't help themselves, somebody's in a situation where they have less than somebody else, and there's a lot of definitions and things that we can be poor of. We have the ability to lift up. We have the ability to uh, uh, guard. We have the ability to enable and we oppress, God says, the maker says, the person, the oppressor, is a reproach to the person who created him. He's nothing like God. God God does not care for an oppressive government. God does not care for an oppressor in the home. God does not care for an oppressor in the church. God does not care for an oppressor in society. Matter of fact, he says, he that oppresseth the poor specifically reproacheth his maker. He's nothing like God. So you can claim to be a Christian, but if you're an oppressor and you're oppressing the poor, God says you're a reproach to me. Nothing like God. Then, same verse, but let me give you statement number four. To treat those at your mercy with mercy is honoring to God. Verse 31 again. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. So to treat those at your mercy with mercy is honoring to God. Notice the parallel in this verse. There are those who are at the mercy of someone else. They're at the mercy of employment. They're at the mercy of of help. They're at the mercy of the ability to provide for themselves, if you will. And then there are those who show mercy, treat them with mercy, help them, if you will. God says that honors me. Because, by the way, all men were poor were dead in their sins and could do nothing to better their situation. You and I, that sin nature was passed down from that first man, Adam, and we were born a sinner. We were born into sin. We were born a child of hell. And the one who we were at his mercy, there's nothing I could do to change my condition. Nothing you could do to change your condition. We were at the mercy of God. And God said, I'll show you mercy. I'll send my son to pay your sin debt. The same is true when there were those that are at our mercy. We could take advantage of them. We could oppress them. But we choose to show mercy. It honors God. And the oppressor who gives no mercy is nothing like God. That's why I just that's why you and I should be forgiving. That's why you and I should be, be willing to go the 
extra mile. That's why you and I should remember. Some of us are so far removed from where we started out that we can't remember what we were when God found us. We can't remember what we were when we, st- when we were 18. These, these young adults, we did some of them. Well, let's, let's pull out your pictures when you were 18, 19, and 20. I didn't have this Christian education. I'll take advantage. Let's pull out your report card, report card when you were 16 and 17. But, you know, it's, it's, we, we forget what God has done for us. Well, well, people didn't treat me that way. Well, now if you're in a situation where you can show mercy, don't be an oppressor. An oppressor is nothing like God. Number five, chapter 22, verse 16. Chapter 22, verse number 16. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches... And he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Now, notice what the Bible says. He that is doing the oppressing of the poor to increase himself. He shall surely come to want. He also, it also says he that giveth to the rich in that situation. He's going to want. Which is just common sense. If I don't have much, if I'm in a situation where I can't help myself... And then the oppressor's coming and taking more from me or putting more unjust burden on me, then I'm going to want. It, that would make that makes sense to us, but the one who's increasing his riches by oppressing, the Bible says that he's going to come to want. And statement number five is this to oppress, to get ahead, will have its consequences. To oppress. To get ahead will have its consequences. You know how this Bible says you can get ahead? Work. You know how this Bible says you can get ahead? Put God first. Man, we got a bunch of crooked Christians. Not here, not here. I mean, you, would, you wouldn't have to do some of the things you... Well, I'm just trying to do this and this and this and this. Well, get your, get your finances in order. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying, well, what, what I mean by that is put God first. Oh, he's going to say the tithe word, isn't he? I'm not going to say the tithe word. I'm not going to say it. Stewardship, God first. To oppress, to get ahead, will have its consequences. We ought to be honest. God will bless us if we follow his book. You know, there's a lot, and I'll talk more about this, and it'll take probably two or three weeks when I go do get the character of the poor and the rich and all of that. And there's a lot of people who have, they're rich or they have a lot by their bank statement. But when they look in the mirror, they're poorer than the poorest. Um. Well, how's it going to, if they, if they oppressed to get ahead, it didn't seem like they're ever going to, oh, you don't know how history is going to remember them. You don't know how their own children is going to remember them. You don't know what account God's going to hold them to. All I know is the Bible says, shall surely come to want. And I believe the Bible more than I believe anything else. 
And when God says, those that oppress that unjust burden, in this situation on the poor, the day is coming when they shall want. God doesn't say how he's going to do it. We could come up with some scriptural precedents of how he might do it. God doesn't say when he's going to do it. But God says, shall surely want. I would rather follow this book, do things the honest way, be the guardian, be the deliverer. I would rather make sacrifices as a, as a, as a, as a, as the, in, in my leadership so that others can excel. I'd rather uh, make sacrifices and do without as a, as a father and as a husband so that my children have greater opportunities than I had and they have uh, more, achieved more than I, I have achieved. I'd rather do that and know that I've helped somebody else make it a little further, and, and I've, I've helped somebody else achieve some things and accomplish some things, and I can get satisfaction after look at, look at the smile on their face and look at what they've accomplished and look at what they've achieved, then, then pushing everybody down so that I can get what I want and putting an unjust burden over here, and you got to do this over here so that I can have it. And, and, and that happens in, in head of households, that happens in churches, that happens in society, that happens in, in the workplace, and but I want to lift people up and have other people accomplish. The Bible says the person who's always trying to get ahead by oppressing somebody else shall surely want. To oppress to get ahead will have its consequences. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's ahead oppressed to get there. If you do right by this book, you'll get ahead. You'll get ahead. Uh that's God's promise. But to oppress to do it will have its consequences. Number six, chapter 28 and verse number three. Got two more for you. Chapter 28 and verse number three. Think, we're going to have to think on this one for a minute. A poor man. Now, the last several verses, we've talked about an oppressor oppressing a poor man. The poor man's vulnerable. The poor man doesn't have the means to resist the unjust burden. Doesn't have the wherewithal. But now look at this oppressor. A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. A poor man oppressing a poor man, nobody wins. Everybody loses. It makes no sense. Uh, why? Because God gives us things to honor Him and glorify Him. How do we do that? We help the people around us. We, we make the lives of everybody around us better. We'd be a lot, we were a lot better before the social media age of influencers and all of this. And I want to, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to, I got to show everybody how good I am and all this. And we were so much better because there was a day, and this is still can be the day, but it's a little bit harder with the generation that's coming. And I know I'm out of touch. So I'm going to just go ahead and say it for all of you that have grown up in the Instagram generation. You know, I feel sorry for you in some respects because every, every person I want to encounter, I want to make them better. When they leave me, I want them to say, I was better because I knew him. I may not have always liked him, hypothetically, 
but I was better off by encountering him. Why? Because that's, aren't we better off when we got the new God? You can't tell me with a straight face, and I'll never believe you. If you tell me you spend time with this book, you come out, I'm, I'm worse off. Pastor, I started being faithful, coming to Sunday school and every church service, reading my Bible every day, and I just, I'm so much worse off now. No, anytime you're with God, you're better. Well, the world around me is crumbling, and you, and you get in your little bubble and say, I'm just going to think about God, and I'm just going to ask Him to help me, and I'm going to sing the song He put in my heart. It may not change the world crumbling, but you feel better by being with God. That's who God is. If we're going to be like Him, that's the way people should feel about us. But some people are so, somebody oppressed me, so i got to oppress somebody else. I'll use this illustration, and some of you who've been around a long time will remember when I was a teenager. And I was that model kid that everybody... That's not a joke. Why is everybody laughing? We had my favorite pets of all time. We had two Dobermans. And some other members of the family thought they were there. They were my dogs. And uh, big old Dobermans. We lived out in Middleburg on an acre lot in... Rocky was the red one, Duke was the black one, and Rocky and Duke, and they were legendary, and uh, I spent a lot of time outdoors, spent a lot of time with them, and they would, they would sit when I would tell them to sit, and they would, uh, they, man, they, they, we had a possum boot hill, they, they killed so many possums out there, um, and it just awesome dogs, I'm getting a little nostalgic thinking about this tonight. But here's the point I'm, I'm getting to the illustration. Rocky was so much bigger than Duke. Rocky was a big dog. To this day, I've never seen a Doberman as big as Rocky. And Rocky was fierce, wasn't he, Billy? He was fierce. I've, I've seen Rocky pull big dogs through, reach through the fence, grab them. Pull, I mean, how he gets a big dog through a hole, that I don't know. But Rocky was a big dog. And whenever you would get on the rocky or you would accidentally step back and step on his foot, he wouldn't get mad at you. He would turn and he would tear Duke up. If you, Rocky, knock it off, he would be looking, where's Duke? And he would go find him and pin him to the ground Duke always had marks and scars on him. Say, man, he had a rough day out there fighting off all of the No, that was just rocky. It's a good example of what some oppressors are. You oppress me, I'm going to go find somebody else to oppress. And then claim, well, I'm just, I've been oppressed, so therefore, well, here's number six. Here's the whole statement behind this verse. The oppressor is defined by character, not by status. We've got a lot of oppressors in our world today that are labeling those that have a certain status as oppressors. And, the, you know, has there ever been a pastor that has oppressed his people? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where principles come in. That doesn't mean all pastors are oppressors. Has there ever been a Christian mom and dad who have oppressed 
Well, absolutely, they'll have principles. Doesn't mean all Christian mom and dad, because they want you to do right, because they want, they're suppressing me. What are they doing? They took me to church. Oh, God help you. Let's have the government give you some money or something. You've you're definitely been a victim. No, that doesn't make them oppressor. It's not a status doesn't make you an oppressor. All kings are not oppressors. I give our politicians a, a hard time, and rightfully so. But I'm sure there are some that are not or would not be oppressors. I, don't, I mean, I don't know that I can name them, but I'm sure there are. It's not a status thing. And we're making a big mistake in our society when here's somebody who's been oppressor. Now, everybody who is like them or might have the same label, there must be oppressors. Where the Bible gives the illustration of a poor man oppressing a poor man. Just because, and there's illustrations and God is condemning it. We'll make one more, he condemns it one more time. We'll see in a moment. A, a, a somebody, the connotation is given that that person oppressing the poor isn't poor himself. That doesn't mean everybody with means is an oppressor. I don't think that God intends for every Christian to be dirt poor. In fact, God says you can be dirt poor, and if you follow this book, he'll bless you. And by the way, God doesn't work in those he, he doesn't care about any of that. But here's an illustration of a poor man oppressing a poor man. Why? Because it's a character issue, not a status issue. If you're an oppressor, you're an oppressor. It doesn't matter uh, what, what your title is. It doesn't matter what your means are. It doesn't matter uh, where you are in society. Somebody oppresses you, so I've got to go oppress somebody else. The Bible says nobody wins. That's like a hurricane, a, a tornado coming through and destroying all the food. And we are so ignorant and we're so, I'm trying not to use the word dumb, sometimes. Well, now we're like, huh, well, see, now you know how I feel. Well, you're not going to eat either. You're still oppressed. Well, I at least feel better that, that everybody knows. No, we oppress and we go oppress. Nobody likes to be oppressed. But I don't want to become like the oppressor and put in an unjust burden so it's defined by character, not by status. This Bible study is a good reminder that character is king. Character is the focus. It's a dangerous time in our society. Because I do believe it's a time, no matter what, what's going on with inflation, and inflation is real and all these things, you can still, this is still the day, I believe, that it's the most profitable day. And you can, you can, you can achieve and, and you, you, can, you, can, you can make money and you can do all of those things. You say, Pastor, how you, come see me, I'll tell you how to do it. Just don't tell the police, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to do it. I'm joking, okay? But it's a dangerous thing because we place the premium on the American dream. And what helps, um, helped America always achieve the American dream was our freedom. But where that freedom come from? It came from integrity. It came from character. It came from principles. It came from fighting for the right things. It came from the right stands. The oppressor is defined by character, not by status. It doesn't matter what your wealth is or isn't. You could be an oppressor. 
Doesn't matter what kind of the, the, the I, I know, I know, I know, I know parents who've oppressed their children. I know children who've oppressed their parents. I know there's been times when husbands have oppressed their wives, but there's wives have oppressed their husbands. It doesn't matter. We, 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 we fall into that trap. Let me give you number seven, and I'm done. Chapter 22. You didn't think this was going to be this applicable tonight, did you? Chapter 22, look at verse 22 and 23. Rob not the poor because he is poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. That's what the Bible says. Rob not the poor because he is poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. The gate was where those that would go and beg. That's where the widows who didn't have a husband to provide for them would go. That's where the lame who couldn't work would go. And they depended on the generosity of the people. It was, he says, don't oppress the afflicted in the gate. You don't put an unjust burden, unjust laws on those that are afflicted. If you have the ability to help. Here's the statement. Those who oppress those who should be defended will have God seek their justice. Listen to that statement again. Those who oppress those who should be defended will have God seek their justice. Rob not the poor because he is poor. Neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. Those who oppress, those who should be defended, will have God seek their justice. Before I make this final point, let me remind you that oppress is an unjust burden. What should we be? We should be the opposite of that. We should be defending. We should be helping. We should be enabling. We should be building up. You know what? With, with, you, we see those who are, would be in the gate, that part of society. That wasn't, that wasn't those who would not work. It was those who perhaps could not work. It was the, the widows who had nobody to provide for them. It was the, the lame who could not go out and work. And for them to be in that situation, they're afflicted. And for somebody to come and put an unjust burden on them, when God, it's a whole other study, but God said you're supposed to help them because the goal ought to be we need to help them. So maybe one day I come to the gate and they're not here, which means they've gotten the help they've needed. Perhaps now that widow has been remarried and, and now she didn't have to be at the gate. There's all kinds of illustrations you can use with that. But the afflict them when they're already in that situation, God said, don't do it. This is something that he says, what, what's going to happen? For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. A blind man, this is just a random illustration, a blind man's begging at the gate. Because he can't see, somebody comes and steals the money that he's been given. God said, I'll spoil your soul. There's a lot of promises in this Bible that we need to take heed to. 
There's a lot of times when God says, I'm just going to let a fool, I'm just going to turn a fool over to his folly. I don't have to, God doesn't have to do, says, I don't have to do anything. Your own folly is going to destroy you. Your own nonsense is going to catch up with you. But there are times, unlike what I just illustrated with the fool and his folly, where God says, I will be active in seeking justice. When there's those situations, it ought, we ought to have, he ought to have our full attention. It's, a, it's nothing to, to laugh at for a fool to be turned over to his folly. But it's something that the prospect of ought to frighten us. The fact that God says, I will see too. That you're going to spoil them, meaning you're going to to oppress them, you're going to, to harm them, I'll spoil you. Oh, we ought to be the defender. We ought to, but see, well, I know this, these people are doing this and they're doing that and, and they're oppressing and they're this situation. And I don't know what to do about it. We have got to get back to I need to live by my character. Let me just say, God knows what's going on. We've seen that in the, in the, in the, in the Sunday school lessons with Joseph. Joseph had been mistreated, he had been done wrong, but Joseph stayed out of God's business and just did what Joseph was supposed to do, and then God brought it all about. We do have wicked oppressors in this world. What are we going to do about it? The question is, what does God say that he's going to do about it? God says he'll spoil their souls. And I'm out of time, but that's, boy, there's a whole lot of things that I could suppose that means. And none of them are good. That's one of those situations that there's this many outcomes and every one of them is a bad outcome. Because when God says God doesn't like it, when somebody is helpless and defenseless and he's put us here and he's given us means, that's why if God's blessed you, with, with, with financially, God's blessed you with health, God's blessed you with means, God's blessed you with influence. It ain't all for you. And I know we don't like to hear that, but God gives it to us to help somebody else. We don't finally get, well, I've, I've got some authority now. It's about, it's about time I got it. No, you have authority, and there's a great responsibility that comes with that. Because you're supposed to help everybody that's under your authority. What it really means is when God gives you authority, the authority goes last. If you look at Scripture, it goes last. Why? Because God gives us that ability to help those around us. And so when we oppress, sometimes there's active oppression. And sometimes we oppress because we have the ability to help and we don't help. And therefore, that's oppression. Oh, let's, let's be the kind of people that represent God. And let's don't pile on when people are down. Let's don't kick people when they're down, figuratively or literally. As a child of God, we're supposed to help people up. 
We're supposed to use what God has given us to defend, to enable, to deliver. That's our responsibility. It's not to oppress. It's not to put unjust burdens. Why'd you make them do that? Just because I can. You're an oppressor. And it may get a laugh. It may make you feel good, but God's not pleased with it. God's not happy with it. Oh, let's use what God has given us to help those around us. Father, help us as we consider these things, these truths.